This is the MIE Motivational Podcast, episode number 23. Let's do this. What is happening, everybody out there in podcast land? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the MIE podcast, where on this podcast we seek to motivate, we seek to inspire, and we try our best to encourage everybody out there listening to the podcast. Shouts out to all the downloads going on in podcast land. Um, So many people listening on your Apple device and uh, your Android device. And I just want to say thank you. I am seeing uh, the numbers. I'm seeing people um, sharing it more and uh, just checking in more with us. And we appreciate it. I hope This is a good resource um, with you. Also, if you are a dance teacher listening to this, um, check out my uh, Mr. Chris Hip Hop podcast where we talk about uh, hip hop dance, uh, structure, moves, um, and everything concerning that. All right. So the title of this podcast is called Your Face, Your Body Language, and Your Commitment. Let me say it again. Your face, your body language, and your commitment. So it's interesting how this podcast came about. It was actually one of my um, one of my weekly rants with the uh, dance studio kids. And I always say, dance lessons teach life lessons. So every time I say something to them, it comes back to me and I can relate to it. Um, on a business level, I can relate to it on a relationship level and a personal level. So it's not just information I'm giving out just to tell you stories about dance, but it's letting you know how these lessons that, you know, me as a teacher, uh, I try to teach this to young people week after week after week. And a lot of them, you know, might not necessarily understand how this is going to come into play as they get older. Um, But for those of us that are listening, you can hear in every one of these podcasts, every one of these stories, you can hear how it applies to everything um, in your life. So uh, before I get into the points of this podcast, I just want to say um, you can get this podcast on podomatic.com. You can also go to my website, www.mrchrishiphopdance.com. Um, it's in the news section, the blog section, and I also start putting the downloads in the music uh, section. So if you just want to download it from my website, um, you can do that as well. You can, if you have an iPhone, um, go to the podcast app. It's a purple app. Um, and just type in Mr. Chris Hip Hop Podcast. And in that, you'll get the Hip Hop Podcast as well as the MIE. So you can be notified whenever I post a new one. And same thing for if you have an Android device, um, you can go to Stitcher Radio. Um, or 
Uh, there's a few other ones out there. I think one's called uh, Pod Addict um, and some others. Um, but however you choose to get your podcast, check it out. Um, and I'll also post this on YouTube as well. So you can go to my YouTube channel, which is Christopher Tyler. All right, so um, I was talking to, um, actually yesterday, I had a speech with the soloist because... We're getting ready for a big convention. So when they go to a convention, they, they take in a lot of information. But there's also um, a competition side to it where um, they perform either a solo or a group number. And the judges are there and they get um, critiques and stuff like that, which helps them through the season. So I try to, you know, actually have all of my critiques um, downloaded in my Dropbox. So before class, I try to take a listen to it. Sometimes, there was a couple times I even had them uh, do their dance to it so they can hear the critiques while they were going. Um, just hoping that they can take in this information and realize that it's a privilege when you have someone uh, giving you information about yourself. Now, it's not, you know, there's a lot of times where we don't want to hear it. But it's the way to success. It's the only way to success, especially if you have somebody that's going to take time to look at you and to tell you things you can work on to become a better dancer. Um, it, it leads to nothing but good. But a lot of times, you know, it's just hard to hear. I think it's just human nature. It's hard to hear what's wrong with you and what you need to work on. You know, we all would, would much, uh, you know, rather hear the good things about us, what we do good, how awesome we are, we're great, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's not the way that we're going to get to the next level by just hearing the good things. We're going to have to have somebody look at those weaknesses, and then we have to be able to receive them and work on them. So when I talk about your face, your body language, and your commitment, it's in the context of the talk that I was having with them really is, can you, because my wife and I actually both gave the speech and she was like, and sometimes I'll, I'll get to talking and they'll just zone off and won't listen. And my wife was like, no, really, really try to listen and apply it now. Like, do it now. Because I do believe this. This is in dance. This is in life. The quicker you can make the adjustments, the more successful you'll be. Doesn't matter what it is. I'll say it again. The quicker you can make the adjust, whatever that adjustment is, the more successful you'll be. Most most times we fail because we don't make the adjustment quick enough. And then what happens is we'll look back and be like, ah, oh, man, if I would have just did it this way, or if I would have looked at it this way, uh, it would have led to the outcome that I wanted. So we're talking about it's like. It's like the judges have given you something. As teachers, we're here week after week to train you, to teach you. Uh, but for you as a dancer, you have a responsibility. You have to make the adjustment right now. And so this particular day, what we were seeing was just, um, you know, it had become routine. So we'll say, you know, um, all right, soloist, you know, it's time to run your dances. And they'll just get up there and go through the motions and it's become a habit. So they know the choreography, um, they know where they should be, What it, and, and even, you know, I, I will say this, it, it's not bad even how it is. It's not like, you know, they're dancing and we're looking at it like this is terrible. But 
if you've given them a correction, the ability for them to apply it will determine how successful they'll be. So the three things that we were dealing with in this speech uh, was their face, their body language, or for the dancer, it's more like their body uh, technique and then um, their commitment. So let's get into a couple of, of the key points. Number one, the first one is the face. And again, this applies to non-dancers as well. If you're listening to this podcast and you you know need a little motivation, a little inspiration, a little encouragement, I want to say that this first point is for all of us. How you look in your face, your facial expressions. You know, there's a saying, um, actually Drake has a song out now called Look Alive. Love the song. It's my jam. Uh, but there's a saying, when I, I used to play baseball, and I was in the outfield. So I, I wasn't necessarily, um, you know, if they weren't hit, hitting the ball deep, I was getting no action. Right. And so sometimes it's easy for me, especially, I mean, I started playing baseball when I was like 10 years old. So I'd be out in the outfield and just zoning off. Right. And you always hear the coach say, you know, look alive, Tyler, look alive, get pumped. Right. But what he's saying is you even in your like, I can look at your face and tell you aren't locked in to what's going on on the field. And you think just because you're not right close up front to the batter, you think that, you know, I'm going to respond when the ball comes. But most of the times, I mean, I, I know a few times where I was out there zoning out in the outfield. And then I heard the ball hit the bat. And by the time I could find it in the air, it was over my head. And if I would have just been looking, engaged with the pitcher, and as he pitched it, saw the batter hit it, I would be able to get a jump on it. And, and that's, that means everything. But you can see that in a person's face, right? And so you say, look alive, not just be alive, like, but look, look like, like I can't tell what your mind is doing because I, I can't read minds, but I can read your face. So it's like on your face, look engaged in what's going on. And so here's what, what we told dancers. I said, you can have the best technique in the world, but if you can't tell the story with your face, you won't be successful. Same thing in life. Right? In, in relationships and in whatever it is that you're trying to be successful in, if you don't look like you're engaged, like, I mean, who wants to be in a relationship with somebody who just doesn't even look like they want to be there? And you can't just be like, well, I'm just not, I don't have emotions. No, we're humans. I mean, you don't have to be all extra, extra with it, but there's a certain level of engagement. It's just like there's another example I gave, too, where I had one of the dancers. I was like, just randomly talk to me, have a conversation with me. And so they start talking. And then um, uh, while, while they were doing that, I, you know, kind of, I didn't have my phone with me, but I, you know, acting like I was texting somebody or on Instagram or something. And then everybody was looking, and I was like, now, was I paying attention to her at all? And it was like, no. And I was like, all right, now, I was like, what, what does she have to do in order to get my attention? I said, so this time have a conversation with me and make me engage with you. And so, you know, she was talking, talking. I wasn't looking, wasn't listening. And then she, like, her whole face and everything just looks, Chris! I mean, you know, and it, it wasn't just her voice, but it was her voice, it was her face. It was, she changed something. And what I told him is, 
this, you know, it, during this conversation, I was like, when the judges are there, and I used to judge dancers, I was like, don't assume that they want to be sitting there watching you. Don't ever get under the assumption, you know, just because you dance and because you train and you're here all the time, don't don't assume that these people want to just come and watch you. Because if you put that in context, most of these judges are there for eight to ten hours. I was like, so you're, you know, you're fighting against, I mean, I was like, can you sit there for eight hours watching dance after dance? And if the dancers come up and have no face, if they're, do, if they're doing all these movements with, with their bodies, but their faces looking like, wah, wah, I was like, you know, when I used to judge, I, I almost fall asleep. I mean, but it, somebody would come out and just light the room up with a smile and it would just pick me up. Right, and so that was the the whole thing. I said, so don't assume that these judges want to see you, but have the attitude that when I get on that stage with my face, I am going to make you watch me because it, I'm going to be so interesting in my face, you can't help but to watch me because I'm going to tell for this uh, minute and a half, two minutes, whatever the story is that I have to tell, I am going to tell it, and you're going to see it in my face. And if, 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 if it's sad, you're going to leave here going, man, that person really told that story. If it's happy, same thing. If it's serious, same thing. But whatever it is, the story is to be told in your face. Um, there's a, a great thing that we have right now um, because we're actually doing our rehearsals at a school. And so there's an after-school program where a lot of kids come through where we're rehearsing and, um, you know, they kind of get their backpacks together and they're getting ready to leave. But a lot of times when they see us dancing, they'll, they'll stop and watch. Um, and, and whenever that happens, I, re I start running the dances back to back because... It's not, um, you know, you don't get a, a, a audience like that. Like you, you dance for each other and they get kind of used to it, which that's where the autopilot comes from. But to get an audience, a group of kids who have no clue what you're doing, it's great because you have to tell the story. You, you have, because they don't know dance. They don't know what you're about to do. They don't know technique, but everybody knows a good storyteller. And so, and it's always great to watch these kids' faces because you see the dancers going. And it might be, you know, like when somebody does hip-hop, most of the kids there, they'll be jumping because if they hear a song that they like, they'll, they'll get involved with it. But sometimes if it's a lyrical dance or contemporary dance, I'm always, you know, anxious to see, like, can you tell the story to people who don't understand the language of dance, but can you communicate to them successfully that you are telling a story. And, and so it's great. So, so they get to do that. But my thing is this, the great ones, if you want to be successful, you have to get used to doing that when nobody's watching. Because what happens is what you do some of the time is what you do all of the time. So if you can do that in your room when nobody's there, when you're rehearsing and nobody's there, when you're, you know what I mean, uh, just walking down the hall and you're going through your dance in your head, if you could do it then, when you get on stage, that is going to come out. It's because it's what you do all the time. It's not just, you know, you can't, like, we always have to get the dancers to get out of the mindset of, I'll do it when I get on the stage. No, you have to make a habit of doing it so that it becomes part of you. Because most of the time when you're telling a story, 
I mean, let's be honest. You know, most of these, most of the songs that you hear and stuff like that, it's not your story. So you're really being an, an actor, an actress when you're doing this. But how successful you are doing that in your face is how successful you'll be in your solo. So same thing in life. Just like I said, I mean, when I, when I was younger, I was all about like watching faces. You know what I mean? And so when I did karate, uh, and I told this story before in the podcast, but. I wanted to be Bruce Lee, but the thing about Bruce Lee is I love the faces he would make. When I played basketball, I wanted to be Michael Jordan, so I would do Michael Jordan moves on the, on the thing. But it wasn't just that. I loved that Michael Jordan stuck his tongue out. So, because I was all about, you know, th these are performers. So if I'm going to do it, I want to see what they look like doing it, and then I want I want to try to do that. Um, so same thing in life. You know what I mean? You gotta tell the story on your faith. You want a successful relationship? You want to be successful in anything you do? How about starting the day off looking like you want to be successful? And not just, I mean, because, I mean, you know, we've all been to that point where you're on that job that you just hate. And in your face, it looks like that. Like, there's been some jobs I've been on. Oh, you can look at me. I look like I'm about to throw up because what's in me comes out of my face. What's in my heart, you're gonna see it reflected on my face. I'll be sitting there and I'll be like, oh, kill me. And you'll see it. I can't fake it, right? But the minute I get focused on whatever my next level is, you'll see that on my face as well. I'll be like, even though I might be in a job that I don't like, I'm gonna work myself out of this job until I get to the position I wanna be in. So that means I'm gonna get up, I'm ready to seize the day, and you're gonna see it in my face because I'm working towards a goal, all right? And so, and you can check yourself, look in the mirror, what am I looking like right now? What are people seeing? What energy am I giving off? It's in your face. All right, number two, your body language or your, or your technique for dancers. All right, th this is crucial because this speaks to our craft. Not just like, you know, for dancers, but anything you do, what is your craft? Are you working on your craft? I always say, think about what you're thinking about. Think about what you're thinking about. My, my daughter, now my youngest daughter, she's seven, um, dancer, and she's she's a little, little powerhouse. I mean, she has some, some acro skills. She uh, very uh, committed, very, she loves dance, and you can see it. But one of her main critiques from the judges as they talk about her feet. My wife at the house always talks about her feet. You have to have your feet turned out. And so even when she's just sitting, she'll be chilling in the living room. And she'll say, turn your feet out, turn your feet. Because you have to get in a habit of working on your craft. So that that's her thing. So when she... She does her solo, and I'm kind of coaching on the side. I'm talking to her, and I'll say, think about your feet the whole time. If, you, if you're dancing for two minutes, if you're dancing for a minute and a half, think about what you need to be thinking about, which is, which is your, your feet, your, your technique. And for each dancer, what I did was, you know, I went through, I watched them, and I, I found just one move. Right for like for one dancer it might have been a turn for another one it might have been a leap for another one you know um, there's a move called a flare when they do something on the floor and like you know you need to point your feet when you do the flare when you do that leap stretch your knee but I told him I was like let's try something different because I'm all about getting results it's like let's not let's not run the solo again like they'll they'll run it one time I was like let's try this 
how about you go over while everybody else running the solo, go to the side and just work on that one leap a um, hundred times, 50 times. 25 times. I said, like, here's what I want you to do. You know, you've heard over and over again, straighten your knees, point your feet. You know, or if you're doing like a, a tilt or something, you're supporting legs, straightening the knee. I said, get your phone out, because you're on it all the time anyway. It's the device is connected to our hand. It's the remote control of life. Get your phone and record yourself. Go back, look at it, because you're going to see what the judge is going to see. And look at it from the perspective. Just take that one thing and get crazy about it. I was like, and I guarantee you, if you start off with that, then it'll become addictive. It's one thing at a time. Matter of fact, that's what's working for me in life right now is one thing at a time and little bit by little bit. Because sometimes it gets overwhelming. Like, you, you're not going to fix everything all at once. You're not going to, you know, master the world with one. But you can do it a little bit at a time. And so I told him, just take one thing. So how about you listening to this? Your craft. I mean, what is it, you know? You might want to be in a successful relationship. You might want to go back to school. Whatever it is the technique of that or the craft of that every day I challenge you just work on one little part of it like you might be like I can't I can't work on it all because you know I have another job to go to and you know I, I just don't have time and I have a family just just find one little thing and celebrate those little victories I was like and that's what I told him I said if, if you see if you see out of those 25 leaps if you see one in there celebrate that for yourself and just be like yes I did that one leap that both knees were straight feet were pointed and yeah I said and be honest with yourself self-assess be honest I said but that is working on your craft or in dance language that's your technique. It's not just good technique doesn't come just because somebody said you need to work on your technique. And then when you're doing your dance, you're thinking about it and you're like, oh, my technique's going to get better. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. you got to work on it constantly, a little bit at a time. Um, now, it's not easy to do both. There was one time my, my middle daughter, I was like, why is it hard for you to do faces and work on your techniques? She said, because it's hard to do two things at once. She's like, once I start thinking about my technique, forget about my face. Once I do my face, forget about my technique. See, so, but it's, it's a challenge. But those are the things you have to be aware of, right? And so to everybody listening to this podcast, I just want to say that it's, just, it's not just dance, but it's just like I say, you know, in life, Working on your craft, working on how you look when you're going about doing what you want to be successful in will mean everything about you being successful in whatever that thing is. All right, here's my last thing. My last one that I talked to them about was their commitment. Oh. Now, if there's any dance teachers listening to this, you know how important this is. Um, yeah, and here's what I said to them. One point I said was... Now, this one right here, the judges are a little more forgiving of the other two. Not 100%, but a little more. If you fully commit to that thing. I was like, because what can happen, I was like, even sometimes when I was judging, somebody will come out, their technique might not have been 100%. Their face might not have been the best of the best. 
but there, there, there are moments where I can see that this child is fully committed to this thing. And so it'll, it'll engage me to such a point that I'll forget about their technique because there's something about them I just like. Because it's something about us, there's, you know, when we see somebody going full out at some, whatever it is, you, you give them grace. Because it's like they're they're into it, and you know, with time, they're going to grow into the other stuff. And so I told them, I was like, your level of commitment is everything. Now the challenge is showing up every single day, every single time you run the solo, with the same level of commitment. Because it's hard. It's not easy. My wife said that she was doing... Um, uh, reaching out to schools, like she's she's uh, taking over, you know, just uh, contacting even more schools, and 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 you know, she's like this message that we have, and and you know, the, the getting the kids moving, you know, people need to know about it, and so we we talk all the time, we send emails, and she's like, it gets hard. It gets hard. When, and then when you don't see a response, it's just like, uh And same thing. It's like even uh, contacting studios, going in to do master classes and workshops. It's like, if you don't get a response, it's hard to keep showing up with that level of commitment. Even doing this podcast. Do a podcast. You don't know. Like, I'm, I'm talking right now. I don't know who's listening. I don't know who's, who's, you know what I mean? I mean, I know I can see numbers, like I said at the beginning. Like, people are downloading it. I can see um, geography. I can see where, where they're downloading it. But I don't know what impact it has on people. And, let, you know, from time to time, I go, I'll get emails. And they'll be like, yeah, thank you so much. It was inspiring. And that helps so much. But when I don't hear a single email, it's like, Am I committed to doing this podcast? And when you say that, you have to think about why. And I have to tell myself, yeah, I'm doing this because I have a passion to share inspirational stories that happened in my life with others so that it might inspire them. And that's it. End of story. Bottom line. But because I'm committed to that, it makes me show up and do this podcast every time I record one. Um, even my other podcast, Teaching, I'm committed to sharing the knowledge of hip-hop dance with every teacher I can. So it's that commitment, right? So I, so I told the dancers, I was like, more than anything, your level of commitment is going to determine, and you guys know this, listening to this, but it's going to determine everything, how successful you are as a soloist. So every time we push play, that level of commitment got to be on 120. Can you do it? Like I challenged them, can you do it? So let's recap the three things, um, your face, your body language or your technique, and your level of commitment. And that's all I got this week. That, that was my speech with them, and it, it like I said, it, it spoke to me. Like, this morning I woke up, just look alive today, the whole day. Not just when I'm teaching dance, but even when I'm just, you know, hugging my wife. I want her to see in my face that I love her. You know what I mean? Um, um, in in my, my technique, when I do this podcast, I want to deliver a great podcast. I want to be effective at speaking. Right. I want to when, when I teach, I want to be effective at the art of teaching. I don't just want to show up and just teach, but I want 
to be right. So I work on it. You know, I take my notes, I study, I dig back in the crates of my mind to find out how can I get these kids to dance better. And then, you know what? I'm committed because this is what I want to do. I'm passionate about it. I want to be a motivational speaker. I want to be a teacher. I want that, That's my life. That's my passion. That's my drive. And I am committed to it. I am, so it will be. All right, this is your boy, Christopher Zonda Flex Tyler. Thank you so much for listening to podcast episode number 23. And your boy is out. And I will say this, last thing. Stay committed. Keep doing your thing. I'm out. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up, go up, go up, go up, go up. Nothing can stop me, I'm all the way up.